You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Hey, brother, good to hey, see you. Hey, Gary, how you doing this morning, <laughs> bud? You know, I can't complain. I, You know, th- I'm telling you, the weather, uh, it really has a great impact on um, how the spirit of the individual. Everybody, yeah. It's that seasonal depression. You're coming out of it. The sun's shining. The weather's getting better. And you're out and you're more active and you're doing things. And, and um, really, for me, I don't know if I get seasonal. I don't know if I use the word depression. I really am not a depressed person. Um, but I'll tell you, I come more to life. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, you come more to life. You know what? People, they hibernate a lot in the winter. So they're out more this time of year. So I, I think the whole, we're human beings. We love to socialize mm-hmm. by nature. And I think by being active and, and socializing and you're feeling the warmth of the sun on your face, boy, you got the windows open at your house, your windows roll down you know, in your car. I, I think it just puts people in general in, in, in higher spirits in a better mood. It does, everybody. I notice the attitudes of my clients. And what I've really seen, it's been crazy, is how the seasons affect real estate. Now, we did a whole show on it, but like in reality, right now today, May 2023, right? All of a sudden, when the weather shifted, the housing market shifted, meaning like all these people that were on the sidelines all of a sudden jumped in. All these people that were waiting, now was the time. And I think that seasonality, I think the sunshine, the weather, the temperature, it plays in with that for sure. So as you know, personally, I'm looking to buy a new home. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, I went and looked at one today. I'm going to look at one a little bit later on this afternoon. Um, the last time we chatted, you, I think we were talking that we were on that, you know, we're just getting into more inventory because of the, you know, the season changing. Well, now that we're here in the, you know, almost middle of May, I'm starting to see a couple of more, you know, like it's not, not a, a ton, more but there's houses, more, but there's there are more. It's a more. trickle. It's a slow trickle coming onto the market. So I've got, Two questions for you when it comes to that, and then we can get into the topic of today's show. Um, Like supply and demand, when there's not a large supply and a greater demand, are you? What's the most amount you're seeing people paying over asking? I have one right now, sixty thousand, six zero, sixty thousand over ask. It was listed for two ninety nine nine. Their final accepted price was three hundred and sixty thousand. Sixty. Yes. Six zero. And that's the exception, but I have multitudes of others that are 10, 20, 25,000 over. So uh, uh, an approach that a lot of real estate agents are taking that know the market, that really understand the fundamentals, is they're kind of going back to the client and really coaching them and say, look, if you really love this house, if this is the one, this is what it's going to take to get it. And the amount that it's going to take to get it is obviously well over ask. But if there are multiple offers, if they have a collaboration with the selling agent and they can figure out what the meal ticket or that hot button is for the seller, they can craft an offer that's going to get accepted. It's just unfortunately, it's like who's willing to pay 
who's willing to pl- pay to play, right? Mm. And everyone's offering over ask. So one guy saying, oh, 10000 Well, another one, hey, I'll do twenty. That's not going to cut it in this market. If it's a high-demand property, then there could be dozens of offers, and every one of them is over-asked. So you say, no, I'm 10, 20. That's not enough. So another time that collaborating with your real estate agent is important because what I found is the novice agents, the ones that don't have as much experience, they'll tell you, yeah, do 10000 over. Yeah, do 15000 over. They don't have a real handle on what it's going to take. I've heard 20000 25000 I, I thought, whoa, 20000 It depends 000. on the property, 60 though. 60 is It depends incredible. on the property. Yeah, that with a, an average property, I think that amount could work. But with a super nice, like I have one, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I have a beautiful one I'm working on right now. Now. It's got a view of the Hartford skyline. It's in Bloomfield. It's gorgeous, okay? And it's very recently built. And that one, I want to say, is around 35000 over asked. But the guy originally was only going to offer like fifteen to twenty, thinking he was good. And his realtor had to step back and say, look, if this is the one, because this guy wasn't even in the market to buy the house, and he's like, I found it. Like, I wasn't planning on buying a house, but I found my forever home. And all of a sudden, it all comes together. So hopefully that gives you at least some insight. You're working with a great agent, but that kind of brings us to the, you know, the topic today, which is really all about moving to Connecticut. Why are people moving to Connecticut? What's this migration all about? Why is there so much demand for housing in Connecticut? Because I want to say like three, four years ago, you probably agree that more people were talking about getting out of Connecticut. How yeah. do we leave yeah. here? This place stinks. We need to well, go somewhere we're else. Hearing, we're still hearing that and, now, Yeah, folks. there still are. But you know what? There's so many people moving to Connecticut, migrating to this area from other areas. And us that sit live here go, wait, why? I don't get it. That makes no sense. But you see the demand for housing. You see the supply being low. It's creating this, this shift. It's creating a lot of... Uh, you know, just a lot of issues in the market, this housing crisis. And that's what I want to dive into today is why people are moving here. Can, What's I, get behind in, can I ask you one other question? Okay. Uh, um, what's the impact on Biden's ruling, his, his executive power of $40 more for uh, for those who have exceptional uh, That's credit. all BS. Yes, it's true. It's happening. But the $40 number doesn't mean anything because I had a client yesterday that's putting 25% down. They're not getting any hit on their mortgage. So it has to do with the particular scenario. I have another client that's putting like 15% down. They're getting hit really hard with that fee you're talking about. So it's not one size fits all. That may be an average. It's costing $40. But some people it's zero. Some people it's quite a bit more. So that's not really having any effect other than that's just a media frenzy. It's putting housing and mortgage and interest rates more back in the minds of people. But on an actual on the ground reality basis, most people, unless they're getting advice from inexperienced novices, it's not having an impact. Okay. Cause I hate to have my 800 plus credit score in me being penalized because I've been fiscally responsible and rewarding those who have been fiscally irresponsible by me, you know, uh, uh, you know, subsidizing that. Welcome to the to, United States, brother. We're in a democratic country. That's how it works. Doesn't make it right. It does. I'm just wondering if it, it has doesn't. any impact on because I'll tell you, I, I, that doesn't I've had people well mention me. it and talk about it. But mm. I haven't someone say, oh, well, I'm not buying a house because my payment's going to be twenty five dollars more now or I'm not buying the house because I have to pay this four hundred dollar additional fee for my interest rate. So. Yes, it's an issue, but it's not completely having people shut out. It's more, again, a talking point, like you said. 
Let's. You mentioned something a moment ago, and I kind of want to go right back to that, and it kind of leads into, um, to, you know, today's show about people moving out of Connecticut, people moving into, into Connecticut, Connecticut, and kind of exploring maybe what what are some of the reasons behind uh, the migration? Like, why are people coming to Connecticut? So what I'm seeing, and I I feel like I have a a very unique perspective on this because. I would say when someone's thinking of moving to Connecticut and buying a home here, at least I've seen that I'm the first call they make, meaning the mortgage lender is the first call when they've said, we're moving here. What do we do next? Mm -hmm. Mortgage lender, we need to get pre-approved. They type on Google, best mortgage lender in Connecticut, lender, mortgage broker in Connecticut, whatever it may be, I come up, right? My profile comes up. My reviews come up. I'm proud of that. You should so be. So I yeah. get calls from a lot of out-of-state people that are coming to move here, and they've already made up their mind that they're moving here. They have their job lined up, whatever it may be. But the thing is that I'm finding that most of the people that are moving to Connecticut, they're not coming from Florida for the most part. They're not coming from Alabama or North Carolina to move to Connecticut, okay? Right, right. They're coming from the high-cost states. I have one moving right now from Alaska, very high-cost state. I have wow. one moving right now from Los Angeles, super high cost. I have another moving to Connecticut from Denver, Colorado, high cost area. So I'm seeing that they're not moving from low cost areas for the most part. They're moving from areas that are either along the same lines or even higher cost than Connecticut when it comes to just overall cost of living, housing prices, property taxes, grocery prices, just your average day-to-day -day living. So that's a big thing is people moving from higher cost on higher tax states. But why are they moving here? It's jobs, obviously. There are jobs in Connecticut. You may think that's crazy, but there's so many jobs here that are remote jobs. What? You don't even see them. No. You don't even hear them. There are so many right now that are remote jobs. Yeah, but that are The companies are in Connecticut and they're hiring remotely. And people, hey, if they want to move here, they want to move here. Why wouldn't they? Well, I did, I'm I'm not aware of all these. Uh, I thought nobody wanted to work in Connecticut. Well, I, th I thought there's more incentivization for people to stay home I and collect anymore. unemployment on their couch than go out and get a job. I think all that has come to an end or is well, it's soon, about time. <laughs> I do believe. So when you're looking at other areas, though, versus Connecticut, if you've got that high cost of living here, you have a higher quality of life. The school systems can be better in a lot of places in Connecticut than others. Right. Actually, oh, I'm glad that you say that because it kind of leads into the next question. What are some of the towns or cities that people are migrating to? And to the point of schools, education, I would think that and police department, one and two, as far as so, what people are looking for. I mean, for. I'm seeing it all over. Like, I'm seeing people come to all different cities in Connecticut. But there's really a couple areas that I've kind of seen over and over happen that I'm like, okay, these areas are higher growth right now. So number one is that that metropolitan district down in southern Connecticut near New York. So I'm talking about like Stamford, Norwalk, that uh, metropolitan area. A lot of people move into that area, very close proximity to the city, great amenities, you know, nightlife. It's got a lot going on. Stamford, obviously, for a while was not doing well. Now there's a lot of businesses opening up. They're building a lot more properties, apartment buildings, things like that. There's more growth going on there. And people like being close to Manhattan. They do. So there's a lot of people move into that Stanford okay. Norwalk Metro. A uh, one that I've been surprised with is the New Haven Metro. Because when you're from Connecticut, it's like, why will people move to New Haven Metro? Well, I've had quite a few lately that have been coming from out of state from 
very high cost areas and they're finding that in the New Haven metropolitan area they can get a property for so much less than, than they could. Than Stanford? Yeah, absolutely. Not only not only Stanford, but out of state. If they're coming from Colorado to Connecticut, they're able to get such a better value on a property. Now, I don't think New Haven has great schools from what I know. I'm not uh in that market niche specifically, but I think it's more the cost of living in New Haven County. That metro area of New Haven is a lot lower. You can get, you know, great homes at a low price. And the taxes, while they're not super low, comparatively speaking, they're not that bad. The last one I want to touch on, which this one's been a shocker to me, is the Litchfield Hills. Lots of people moving from New York, New Jersey to the Litchfield Hills. I've you know, I've always thought of that area for like it's older, beautiful. older, but I have a family right now, young couple engaged, don't even have any kids. They're like in their mid 20s and they just bought a half a million dollar house in the Litchfield Hills. It's pricey, the, but it's beautiful. The taxes are very, very low up there. The mill rates are great. You can get a ton of land for the money. If if you work remote, which this family does, you, it's you've got like everything you could want. You're not going to have a better scenario. The only negative I would say is you might have to drive 20, 25 minutes to get to a grocery store. But if you don't mind that, you get a ton of land, you get all of the amenities, you get some good things at a great price. So a lot of people are moving up there. And while we're dealing with rain in the valley, you, you, you'll be dealing with snow no, come exactly, wintertime. Exactly, exactly. Um, Ah, I'm, I was, I'm a little surprised to hear some of this. How does the cost of living in Connecticut compare to, let's say, you know, some other states? So like I said, I think the majority of people moving here, I know from experience right now that they're coming from the higher cost states. So it really doesn't affect them because they're looking at it as a, a move, you know, horizontally where they're just basically keeping the same expenses and getting a better quality of life in Connecticut. When you have people that are thinking about moving here from low-cost states like the Carolinas, the South, it's not as common. Like, it's very, very few. I've had one in the last year I can think of that moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Connecticut for a job opportunity. But other than that, they're not really moving here from uh, low-cost states. Way more migrating out of Connecticut. And I have clients that I helped refinance and buy homes over the last four or five years, and several have either made the move in the last year or two or they're in the process. They just sold their home. They're moving down there because, again, a lot more bang for your buck down south. And if you're able to work remote, that flexibility, man, let me tell you, a lot of people wisened up to that during the pandemic and how much you can – be flexible with your budget and your spending. And now it's like, wait, I can work that job and I can get a better cost of living. Why wouldn't I do that? It wasn't possible a couple of years ago. What industries wasn't. in Connecticut are people are people coming here for? Finance, insurance, those are two well, big insurance, ones. Well, insurance, yeah, yeah. Finance We're big and insurance. insurance are big. And tech, I've been surprised. There's actually quite a few tech companies in Connecticut. And I have a client that I just pre-approved that's moving to Connecticut from Idaho right now. And it's because the company they're working for is based out of Westport, a big tech firm with a global presence and their headquarters is in uh, Fairfield County. So they're using that opportunity to move here to Connecticut. So there's actually, there's all these companies that you don't know about, right? And I don't know about, but they're huge hiring. And just because they don't have the biggest skyscraper in the middle of the big city doesn't mean they're not a great company, right? So there are a lot of these smaller or mid-sized companies that you may not have heard of that are hiring and they're hiring for that flexible work that people want. Maybe you only have to come in to work one day a week or two days a week and the rest you can work remote. So that's big. Um, Also, like I said, the remote work is huge and the hybrid work. So Mm. that's what's making 
or that's what industries are really thriving here are the ones that allow that type of work schedule where it's more flexible. A little while ago, I brought up, you know, the, some of the top two reasons why what people look for in a town is, is you know, number one, education, the school systems, and B, how secure, how safe they feel in the community with, with police. Um, but let's go back to that education one because, let's face it, a lot of people will move with their families, including their children. So, I mean, I would imagine schools and education factor into their decision. Oh, yeah, I mean— I would tell you that more than 50% of the families yeah. I see move in are having kids or have kids already. So the schools definitely play in to where they're going to buy their home. Because even in Connecticut, there's areas that don't have great schools. There are. There's also areas that have the nines and ten schools, and that's what people want. Those areas tend to have the higher priced homes, the higher property taxes, that sort of thing. So good educational system is a no-brainer. Also, there's a lot of prestigious colleges and universities in Connecticut, and those are big hire. You know, they hire a lot of people to work there, right? My wife works at a university there in Fair or in uh, New Haven County. So, like, I've seen all of the hiring and things that go on. So, like, those universities and colleges are big economic drivers of the local economy. So, we're talking about like, obviously, you got Yale. I mean, Yale, top-notch school. Everyone knows it. It's you Ivy got League, Quinnipiac. Yeah. You got Wesleyan. You got Fairfield University. Those are just to name a few. University okay? of New Haven. There's so many. University of Hartford. Like, there's dozens and dozens. But, you know, Connecticut is actually known, I would. I don't know if I'd say worldwide, but definitely countrywide, as having that strong education system, specifically the universities. And everyone knows that that really comes from the strong, like, uh, primary education, K through 12, that sort of thing. So you got to be careful. Get with a realtor to really figure out the areas that are going to work best if schools are a priority for you. But there's no doubt that that plays into almost everyone's factors when they're buying and looking to buy a home in Connecticut. How about the role of real estate? How does it play in decision-making process for people who are moving here? I mean, it's a significant role because you need to lay your, your head on a pillow every single night. So where you actually choose to lay your head and your family is going to have a direct impact on your quality of life, right? Mm. When you wake up, are you miserable because of the place you're living or are you happy and motivated and excited every day? So, you know, people want more space. They want a higher quality of life. And if they're coming to move to Connecticut, especially from another higher cost area, they want that. Like, that's a very, very important thing. They might be looking at home listings saying, wow, we can get that in Connecticut for 500000 We get so much less in Los Angeles for 500000 Or we get so much less in Denver for 500000 So they want that more space, right? Another thing in Connecticut is we have land here. Like, a lot of areas, people don't realize they take it for granted. You don't get a big yard in a lot of areas, okay? But in Connecticut, we have a lot of homes that have great natural, uh, you know, preserve, have a nice backyard, place for the kids to play, that sort of thing. So that's huge because of that quality of life, right? But I think that you really need to make it a point to get with a mortgage advisor early if you're thinking about moving here to figure out what's your affordability. Because you might be looking at five, $600,000 houses. Maybe that's what you could afford out where you're at. But is that what you can afford in Connecticut? Wow. You got to make sure that you're looking in the right areas. Also getting the right loan program for your needs. We've talked about how important that is. And then if that's done early enough in the process, Gary, I, as the mortgage expert, as the advisor, as the quarterback of this wealth team we're setting up, I can then make the introduction say, hey, that area you're looking in, I know a great real estate 
uh, professional in that area. Here's who you need to talk to. And making that introduction to the real estate agent, the attorney, that sort of thing. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Of course, you can find out more information on his website at robgw.com. Again, robgw.com. And his phone number, if you want to schedule in a uh, consultation, is 860-413-3938. I will repeat all of that and even add in an email address in just a few minutes from now when we wrap things up. Are there any unique challenges, though, or even considerations that people should keep in mind when moving to Connecticut? Yeah, I mean, if you're moving to Connecticut from an area like Florida or the South or just these lower-cost areas, then just be aware of what you're getting into in Connecticut. The taxes are going to be a lot higher almost everywhere you move in Connecticut than the South. I say the South, but I guess I also mean the Midwest too, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you take away the South and the Midwest— a lot of other areas in the country have just as high of a cost of living as Connecticut or very close when you factor everything in. So that's important. Also, the weather. you got to be able to adjust to colder weather. For me, I moved here in 2009. It was a huge wake-up call for me because I had grown up in Florida and North Carolina. That's where I bought my first property, lived down there a year or two. So like when I came up here... It was a rude awakening, let me tell you. And uh, it's something you try to be prepared for mentally and emotionally. But like waking up when there's two feet of snow on the ground and having to go out and shovel and do all but that. It hasn't been it's like difficult. that in a it few years. It hasn't been like that in a few years. But you know what? It happens. It does happen. So I would just be aware of the colder weather. Even if it's not the snow, the colder weather's here. You know, to me, even 30s and 40s is pretty darn cold and <laughs> uncomfortable. So, it, no, we didn't get a lot of negative 10-degree days this year like we did in the past this winter. But just be ready for that adjustment to colder weather. The other thing is Connecticut has a really unique culture and traditions here. And when you live here, you don't really see or care or whatever. It's just when you transplant yourself from Connecticut to somewhere else, like another metro area, it's night and day, right? We have a lot of history here in Connecticut. We have a lot of older homes, a lot of older buildings, a lot of colonial style things that, you know, you might go up to a house that was built in the 1800s here. You don't see that in most other areas. And it actually gives point. a lot of charm. Yeah. It gives a lot of charm and culture to the area that people here take that for granted. So, so just be ready. How do you really navigate the home buying process? I mean, are there resources? Are there any resources available to there help are. you? Or? So I think the biggest resource as someone that's moving from out of state to Connecticut is going to be that wealth team, your real estate pro. you got to be aligned with early because they're your boots on the ground here locally when you may be out of state. Okay, So that's really, really important. I always say real estate agent is important, but if you're moving from out of state, real estate agent is even more important than if you're someone just moving within the state. So yeah. that's the first thing. Also, you know, myself, the mortgage advisor, helping you through that process, helping align you with the right loan and the right program for your needs. Home search websites, you know, whether I say it or not, people are going to use them. So let's talk about Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia. There's all these sites out there that when you type in Connecticut real estate, those are the ones that are going to come up. And there are these home search websites that you hear about. I think probably the most popular one is Zillow, right? Everyone's yeah. heard of Zillow. Those are resources I don't love because they give a lot of misinformation about oh. mortgage payments and interest rates. It's all just about generating leads and then making money off you. 
But if you're just browsing homes, that's all I use it for. Yeah. If that's all you use yeah. it for, then you're fine. Just don't fill anything out on there. Don't no, give no, any no. I don't. I, and I don't even look at. I don't actually I only look at the price of the home in the home in the, that, pic, in the pictures. That's fine. Then any home search site you can use for that, but okay. leave it there. The other thing is HomeBot. I've talked about HomeBot. Yeah. Our listeners can email me at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com to be added to HomeBot. What HomeBot is is it's a service that I give all my private clients that gives you a lot of information about the local markets that you're looking in. How much does it cost to move there? How long will it take to move there? What types of properties are available? Is it a seller's market or a buyer's market? It just gives you a lot of in-depth information that uh, that you just more than you can get from a conversation with a realtor or with your mortgage advisor. So to our listeners that may be moving to Connecticut, I don't care if it's three months away or three years away, reach out to me, mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com with your name, your email, and the area of Connecticut that you're looking to move in. Give me a couple areas that you're thinking of, then I can set you up in HomeBot and make that uh, introduction I'm his for personal you. client. I get this. You're going to love it when you sign up for it. I've only got three minutes here. Um, there's got there's a ton of misconceptions about moving to Connecticut, right? Yeah, I'd say the number one misconception is people that don't live here go, oh, Connecticut, that's only for rich people. That's the number one that right? I hear all the time. So oh, true. you live in Connecticut? You must be rich. Uh, oh, no one can live there if they don't make a six-figure, multiple six-figure income. <laughs> well. I hear that all the time. So that's also little diversity. People think it's all just white picket fences and white people, okay? <laughs> that's all. I'll tell you. Tons of Asians, blacks, Latino, everything is here and everything in between. So, like, don't be rattled off by that at all. There's a lot of diversity here and actually more than most people probably think. And the other thing is they think that all areas of Connecticut are expensive. Okay, so they think like every area is Greenwich, Connecticut, when they think of it. We know there's areas in Hartford, East Hartford, you can get some really good deals on some properties. There is areas in inner city New Haven, you might not want to go out of your front door at night, but I'll tell you, you can get a heck of a deal on a house. And people from out of state may not think that, and it's not true. There's a lot of pockets like that with areas that you can get better homes or, excuse me, better price properties. And the high taxes, you know, the taxes are local, so look at the specific area, but you You'd be surprised some areas that may have lower tax than you think. There are some things that are more money, though, in, in Connecticut. Without a doubt. But there, yeah. are more thi- there are things that are a lot more money in Florida, too. Good point. All right. Uh, one minute left. What advice, finally, could you give to anybody thinking about moving here? Number one, choose wisely the professionals you're working with. Number two, explore different areas. Don't just say, I want to live only in Fairfield County or I want to live only in Hartford. Look at the outskirts areas. You may find that diamond in the rough, so be flexible there. Big disparity in costs. And lastly, be flexible with the process, meaning give yourself time. Don't stress yourself out. Do this way ahead of time so that you have the time to be flexible and to do things the right way. And the last tip is follow me directly on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, because we're putting out amazing information every week on the actual local market here and how it can help you buy your first home. I can't disagree with that because you are the guru uh, quickly making a national name for himself. Folks, if you've got any uh, questions on this show or any of the others that we've done recently, it's very easy to either rewatch this show or watch some of the ones that we've done in the past. Simply go to Rob's website at www.robgw.com. Again, robgw.com. If you'd like to um, send Rob an email specifically pertaining to uh, the show, the radio show that we do here, uh, maybe we can even get your question answered on, on air. Simply email us at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. 
And, of course, his phone number to schedule a consultation. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Very simple. 860-413-3938. Again, 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening and watching Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.